Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Thursday, May 19th, and here in the Edmonton region, we're going to have a high of 11 degrees and maybe some thunderstorms. Really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Gabby was giving me like a big wave. She's like, hello, like, hello, hello, are you, you going to turn my mic in? on? <laughs> hello. I was, I was making some notes for the show. <laughs> She's kind of waving at me. You got to let me in? Let me in? <laughs> we're broadcasting live. On the Podbean app, as we do every morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, you can join us live. Um, join in on the chat on the app. Um, I see everybody coming in and hopping in here at 6 a.m. now. And uh, you can also click the call in button and uh, call in and ask any questions you want, real estate investing related, just like your normal drive time radio show. You call in, talk about whatever you want. It's pretty sweet, but it's for real estate investors. I see. Uh, I see. Jared Como's joined us this morning. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm just. I'm just. A, I'm just a dick to him. <laughs> it's such a pain to get that guy on the show, <laughs> but he's here. He is here, and you know what I love about Jeremy? Jeremy comes with a question every morning. First thing. Um. But Jeremy's questions always make me think. <laughs> There, it's not like this is normally, I mean, like with real estate investing, you, you've heard it a million times. You've taken all the courses. It's, 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 it's almost, um, what are you doing? Are you Googling something? Okay. It's, it's, it's almost like, uh, I don't even know what I was thinking about. <laughs> You completely distracted me. She's over here just Googling. I didn't do anything. I was minding my own business. All right. Letting you chat. Um, yeah, and most of the questions, it's, 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 they're easy. You know, you've heard them a million times. You just kind of spit them off real fast. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, what is systemization and why should new investors care about it? Josh says thought-provoking. I mean, what is the definition of systemization? Let's just see how this can apply to real estate investing. Systemization is the act of creating a new system. The primary benefit of creating a system is that you can examine the process and make improvements. Developing systems helps everyone do what they have to do with minimum understanding. Misunderstanding. Misunderstanding. <clears throat> minimum understanding. <laughs> That'd be nice too. Nobody um, knows what they're doing. It's all good. <laughs> Um, helps everyone do what they have to do without understanding it. Uh, systemization and building systems is thrown around, um, way too often and, and nobody really understands what I mean. And to be honest, I had to kind of look up the definition just to kind of even think about it. Um, we have to put in new systems and processes to ensure that our business is running smoothly. People just say that on Instagram, but they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, they barely know what cash flow is. Um, Yes, we have systems. Do we do we put it into like a business manual? No. I mean, we have our systems for when new tenants come in. We have our systems for um, when we acquire a new property, right? And then we have just like systems of just like things that we've made, decisions that we've made about what to do in certain situations. Mm -hmm. But we don't really write it down. So, I mean, uh, yes, it's good to be systematic. But... How far do you want to go with this, Jeremy, is my question. Jeremy's just... Starting a conversation. Starting a conversation, yeah. It's one that I don't really have an answer for. That's the problem. <laughs> so these are the kind of questions that I have to put a little bit of thought into before the show. The other questions I can just answer because I've answered them a million times. These are the ones I'm like, okay, I need to spend 20 minutes putting together a presentation. Um, she kind of got me on the spot a little bit. I won't lie. Wayne's flustered. He likes having quick answers. What? You gave me a look. You can tackle it if you'd like. 
<laughs> Jeremy, do you have input on that? We do need questions today. Jeremy says, can you give us an example of a system you've made and why you've implemented it? Hmm. I think everything in real estate investing has some sort of at least minimal system, whether it's written down or whether it's just how we do things. Um, I think that once you start acquiring rental properties, you realize, oh, I need some sort of bookkeeping system or else I'll never be able to file taxes on this property. And then you realize, oh, I just got a bunch of crappy tenants for my first few tenants because I didn't have a proper screening system in place. Yeah. So you put a proper screening system in place. And then you realize, oh, you know, like maybe these weren't the best houses that I bought. Maybe I need a better system on how I'm analyzing deals and analyzing cash flow and all that kind of stuff. So you start looking at properties differently in a different sort of system. So I think that every aspect of real estate investing does have its own system. Yeah. Um, well, you just gave a couple of good examples right there. Yeah. Another one is um, is when uh, new clients coming in, maybe for, for your rent to own business. What's your system for 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 the flow of new clients? Uh, yeah, can't put my words well, generate first of all, generating leads, and then once you get them, what's your system for processing them? Processing, thank you. Yeah, um, and then screening, and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's kind of it's more or less just kind of like a little checklist or a little a little plan. But what is the importance of it? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I would say it's, it's greatly important because <laughs> if you just, if you just like, it's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to put a website together and, and, and give them my email and they can contact me and, and we'll just go with that and I'll just kind of wing it. And then it's very unorganized. Right. And I think it's, it's an organizational tool Yeah. Um, to ensure that you're being productive. Yeah. It's hard because real estate investing, um, you know, when you start off, doesn't feel doesn't feel like you've, you know, built and started a business. No, it feels like not. you bought a property and you're going to be a landlord now. Yeah. So you don't go into it thinking like, oh, OK, what are all the systems I need to have in place? And you don't like go and write procedures and, um, you know, all those types of things. You know, maybe you've had maybe you got into it and did a lot of research beforehand and maybe you did obtain a lot of those, you know, checklists yeah. and those types of things. But most people just are like, I'm going to buy a property and they do. And it's not at that point, they don't see it as a business. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like for most investors, it's something that systems are something that you implement over time as you realize you need them. Yeah. And that's usually comes with um, scaling and growth. Uh, yeah, in real estate, a lot of it is reactive as opposed to proactive. Yeah. And I find the people that try to be proactive, the ones that are in the Facebook group saying, I really want to buy my first property, but I'm just so scared. I haven't built any systems yet. Those are the proactive ones are the ones that never take any action. I was going to say they, they lack action taking skills because they get stuck in having everything in place beforehand. Yeah. It's a weird spot. Mm -hmm. Um, I try not to be too, too proactive. Um, but at the same time, do <laughs> it's a if you try and be too proactive, you get stuck in analysis paralysis. I find that um, the the ones that are really successful are the ones that just move. You know what yeah. I mean? And they take the action right away and they react afterwards. But that's not always the best approach. Yeah. So that's now that I think about it, it's kind of what is the perfect approach? I don't know. Opportunity comes and knocks on your door right now. Bam. Do you take it? Did you plan for it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Opportunity. The good opportunities are the ones that just like, just like they come and you grab it right away. Mm -hmm. uh, unless, of course, you built a business throughout. Generate leads. Eric, how do you react to um, opportunities? Hello, Jared. Oh, no, no, we can't. You're very, very quiet. It's oh, like you are at the bottom you're, of a. So you're plugged into your probably got your your 3.5 millimeter uh, plugged into your phone into your vehicle. It was not connected properly. And now you're going <laughs> to unplug it, and there's going to be huge echo. 
you got to unplug whatever you're plugged into and then quickly turn down your radio because I know you're driving. Yeah, we still can't hear you. Uh, no, I can't hear you, buddy. Yeah, figure it out, bud. <laughs> We're waiting for you. Okay. I'm going to disconnect them. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, we, I went and checked my, uh, the reason why Gabby was delayed here and letting her, I was delaying letting her in this morning before to, she did her little introduction was because, uh, uh, I was looking at, uh, previous questions that we had saved or a little question bank and we're all out. So I was just putting some notes together. Um, so if you guys got any questions today, today's your day to ask them. Otherwise, the show is going to end very quickly. Um, Lindsay, I like Lindsay's comment here because I think she nailed it. You said, you know, like, do you, do you just start or does that hold you back? Like, what is the perfect approach? And I think she's nailed it. She says the typical goal of systems are to increase efficiency and provide a consistent customer experience. So you usually need to start, evaluate, and then implement the system. Mm, interesting. You don't know You don't know what you need until you've evaluated, you know, what you have going on, right? Makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Cody says, I'm sure the bookkeeping part grows over time. Um, even learning what to write off. Yeah. You don't, you don't know it all when you start. And to be honest, I, I don't even know it all. Just our, our accountant Team tells us, yeah. our accountant tells us, I don't know. Um, situations like questions like that. I, I never have the answers to. I always say Gab, Gabby, mm-hmm. or <clears throat> I just say, I don't know. My, my accountant knows. Right. I mean, I, I've read a few books years ago, tax tips and stuff like that, and what you can write off. And I was all like trying to be all proactive. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and there's depreciate all my assets and capital costs lots and bang, 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 bang. and uh, like trying to debate whether to to lease a vehicle or to write off my gas mileage. And I was trying to be so smart. And then I'm like, what am I wasting my time doing this? Like, just I'll just get my accountant to tell me what's the best. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, yeah, because I was overthinking it for too long before I bought a property because I wanted it to be perfect. Ooh, that sounds better. <clears throat> Hello. Never mind. <laughs> Anyone there? Jared. Okay, I'm disconnecting you again. Wilson wants to know where we got the flooring at the Leduc flip. Mm. Oh, hello? Hello? Okay. Well, he, 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 he just gave him uh, <clears throat> the flooring at the Leduc flip. Yes, yeah, so um, we got it at XS, XS, like triple X letters. flooring. XS flooring. Triple X flooring. No. No, it's not. It's just XS flooring. Um, like excess, but, but they, they can't spell. <laughs> but you can um, apparently get it several places. Um, I know that Touchstone Flooring sells it. So it's actually um, a home pro product. So the same people who supply our kitchens, um, they supply flooring to pretty much all of the city flooring stores. Was it Wilson asked? Wilson, tell me, did you like it? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we weren't uh, keen on it. We're going back to our other stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I want to know if you liked it. And, and be honest, don't be nice. Like, I didn't make it, so I'm not going to be offended if you didn't like it. Well, but... he asked where we got it, so maybe was he asking where to stay away from? Or... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He says, I'm just looking to try new flooring. My supplier has had bad boxes of flooring. You think that all all lines and all suppliers, um, you're going to have boxes where you're going to open it up and they're going to be chipped or crappy or whatever. I think that's pretty normal. Well, in most cases, what what places you... uh, Most places will allow you to take them back. Yeah. So what you do is once you've done finished all your installing all your flooring, put all your crappy pieces where 
where they, they they broke the edges of you know with whatever banding they had put them all back in every time you find one put it into the box and then fill up all the boxes with all the crappy ones and say hey here's all my my bad ones and then if it's a full box of 12 or whatever or 10 planks then they'll give you a refund for that box mm-hmm. that's what we typically do <clears throat> yeah um but yeah we that was from excess flooring um the other place that we popped into was touchtone and they had the same product um that was one that was one that was the, their builder grade though their flip grade right yes and is that are they all the same kind of sort of like that quality it was the same product it was the same home sprawl line i understand but like sorry i don't understand you picked question. one particular design yeah oh they have other designs yeah and is it was it the design that you didn't like or was it just like the, the, oh, the both. thickness and both. the it was crappy quality yeah. Yeah. It it seemed like it was um it was it, like it was screen printed. Yeah. It, like it, it didn't have any um what would you say? Grain? Grain, thank you. <laughs> Sue Wayne's uh hand actions over here. <laughs> it's like we're playing charades. Some mornings I got it, other mornings I <laughs> don't, don't got it. it. I don't know. I thought I slept really good last night. And and some mornings, it's just like I'm struggling to find the word the. Yes. So the product that we do like is from, um, oh, God, now what's it called? Kings of Flooring? King of Vinyl King Flooring. Of, King of. They're part of Morinville Flooring, out of Morinville, but they have a West End, West Edmonton location called King of Vinyl Plank, I think. King of Floors. King of Floors? No, maybe not. That's not them. No. Yeah, that's in Surrey, BC. It's, yeah, it's like a weird name. What's the, what's the other one? Morinville? Yeah. Anyways, they have a whole bunch of different lines and a whole bunch of different price points. And um, so far, that's the flooring that we like. I mean, we started off with the 279 per square foot, which was amazing flooring. Uh, we moved down to the 229 per square foot flip line, which was not as good quality, but still looks amazing. Um, Kings of Vinyl Plank. Kings of Vinyl Plank. But then they also, like, they're, they have their own line called Conig, which is K-O-N-I-G, which is probably some well, import line. Well, that so that line, I think, is the one where, like, it you literally just, like, lay it down and you can, like, pick it up with a plunger oh that's the okay the conig is the, is the plunger line yeah which is pretty cool but go down to their um their their west side location conig flooring center or kings of it's vinyl kings of or vinyl. Yeah. no like legit they have 12 different names here i'm not kidding i know Wayne, but that's if you plug that in it'll take you to the store all right well you know, just <laughs> figure it out and um head down there and they can give you a demonstration they have a plunger on site and they'll show you how to uh, you can it's it's like a loose lay product but it's like instead of i don't yeah, know how it stays together i've never actually stayed for the demonstration i just saw them pop them out yeah it's, it's pretty neat anyways they got um th- that's not the stuff that we use no. we use um you know, the click and lock or whatever um vinyl plank but uh it's good quality stuff that's the stuff that we used in um Springville Townhouse. In that Springville Townhouse, if you were at that one. That one was the higher end stuff. There was the 275, right? 279, yeah. And then we went with the flip grade stuff yep. on Loyola. Loyola, and that was 225. 229. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't want anybody going in there and saying, I want it for four cents cheaper because I'm letting Gabby. <laughs> um, they also have a really quick delivery for like reasonable delivery charges as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for 50 cents cheaper. And normally that's because it's the uh, durability and thickness is, is, is less. Um, however, you know, our installer said, well, I prefer the 279 stuff. It's easier to install. Um, however, the 229 stuff was. Like we were looking at it uh, just the other day and comparing it to the the cheaper stuff that we found over at um, uh, the Touchstone stuff that we use at our legit yeah. property, 
it's just like there's such a significant difference that yeah. I think it's worth the extra 29 cents. Yeah. Um, yeah, for a thousand square feet, it's going to be an extra 290 bucks. But yeah, I, I honestly, I, I think it's, it's worth it. It's not, yeah, there's, 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 there's a certain level of quality that you need for a flip and you can't cheap out too, too much. Wouldn't it be an extra 500 bucks? An extra 50 cents per square foot? But it was 29 cents per square foot. Oh, between the, the $2 square foot that we bought from with the excess stuff. Yeah, you said it was 229, right? Not 225. <laughs> the Holmes Pro stuff was two bucks. The flip line at Kings of Vinyl was 229. <clears throat> yes. Yes, yes, yes. You guys just want to pop off. We'll uh, we'll put a message on Facebook when this show actually gets good. <laughs> we'll just put it on our Instagram story. So, oh, okay, can you come back now? Uh, happy Thursday. <clears throat> um, there was questions, uh, other questions you can add. Okay. Where we got Wilson? I was just looking at new flooring. My supplier has had bad boxes of flooring. Jared's got a good question though. Jared asks, speaking of systems, what does your first week of a flip look like? Demo. demo. <laughs> Just demo. Clean up. Um, um, get a bin for possession day. Have a bin delivered on possession day. <clears throat> and usually get your crew in that next day because possession day doesn't always go as planned. You don't usually get the keys at noon as you're supposed to. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I usually plan for, um, demo crew to go in the following day, have the bin already there, ready to go. And yeah, that first week is usually demo. If demo is completed, which often it can be completed in a few days, um, then you start on planning. your, yeah, well, planning, well, planning for sure. Yeah. Um, now that it's the, the walls have been removed, now you can take a peek at what can we do? Yeah. Um, if you were unconditional, that's normally when you find out how much trouble you're in. Um, that's normally when they, the, the contractor calls you up and says, Hey, uh, so we want to talk to you about a couple things. Uh, can you come on down on Thursday? Yeah. Okay. So did you know about this? <laughs> that's typically when that happens. I'm not trying to scare you. Guys, but that's, if, if there is anything that was missed, that's normally when it happens. Hey, so we were looking at the roof. Um, did you know that there's no plywood underneath all the shingles? It cost you about seven thousand dollars. Yeah. Did you know about this giant crack? Did you know about this? Did you know that this whole house is just run? There's extension cords run, you know, underneath the floor. That, that one I made up. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's typically what happens in the first week. Um, I mean, before you purchase the property, that's when you get utilities set up and insurance and everything else. Um, yeah, first week, first two weeks is normally demo and prep and uh, like planning. Um, demo can normally take about three or four days, depending on how bad it is. Um, yeah. Um, are we good with that? Yes, we. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Lauren asks. Lauren, who's Lauren? <laughs> your sister. Renovating your suite for tenants. Besides the obvious flooring and paint, do you bother with a little wow factor to get more interest in the suite? Or do you keep it basic? I feel like if it's something that you'd be happy to live in, that the tenants would as well and stay longer. In theory. I th yeah, in theory. In theory. Um, I think it depends on if you're starting at a point of building a new suite. So for instance, you know, you buy a property and you're going to convert it into um, a suite of property with a basement suite. At that point, you're putting in brand new everything and it's going to come out as a brand new suite and it's going to look awesome and brand new and fresh paint and fresh flooring and a brand new bathroom with a new vanity and a new this and a new that. So automatically, you are going to have a bit of a wow factor. Um, you can do subtle things as well, like a really nice light fixture, you know, like those types of things. Mm -hmm. um, but you're, you're already at an advantage of having a new suite. But I feel like if you have something already existing that you're fixing up, you don't necessarily want to dump 
extra money into it when you're when it's not going to set the suite apart dramatically i don't know does that make sense well yeah i mean like the question is you know should i spend a little extra money to to ensure that the tenants like it and they stay longer and i did say in theory because in theory you know if if there's a jacuzzi then they they should want to stay longer because that place has a jacuzzi and the other place doesn't have a i don't want to move to a new place that doesn't have a jacuzzi we've been spoiled <clears throat> but We've talked about this before, and um, feel free to listen to hundreds of previous episodes. Um, but basement suite tenants are an entry-level tenant. you got to think about your tenant profile. So typically people think about their tenant profile before they purchase the property. Um, now, I understand your circumstances because um, I've known you um, for a couple years. Um <laughs> uh basement suite tenants are entry level so apartment um units are entry level basement suites are entry level townhouse are entry level these um low low to medium income um typically 20 year olds just out of high school first job um people with low income those are your your typical people who would rent a basement suite because why else would anybody want to live in the basement Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you're in Toronto and you have no other options or Vancouver and that's 3000 bucks, and that's all you can afford. Um, if all you can afford is 1000 bucks a month to live in a little one-bedroom or two-bedroom, it's normally there's a reason. Um, you're not going to have a family in a basement suite, right? Because there's not enough bedrooms. Um, it's a transitionary thing where for people who are just got their first job and moving out, um, two friends who are just trying to save a little bit of money, or it's a couple who are saving up for their down payments. They're like, okay, well, let's live in a basement suite and lower our expenses. We can start expenses. We can start saving 500 bucks a month. And in two years, we'll be able to move out and buy our own home. Or it's a first year trade, uh, you know, uh, electrician, plumber, whichever welder. And they're waiting until they get their, their red seal at 40 bucks an hour. Um, and then what they'll do is they'll eventually be able to afford Buy a place, or, buy to a place or to move up, and then they can afford the eighteen hundred dollars a month for a single family home. So, <clears throat> adding extra wow stuff will not necessarily make someone stay longer because basement suite tenants don't so. stay long. Typically, high turnover, high turnover. Also, if someone thinks that you know they're just going to live there temporarily or maybe for five years while they just save up, and after six months they don't want to live there anymore. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how much soundproofing you do, the person upstairs is obnoxious to you. Yeah. Um, we when we lived in a basement suite, Gabby and I used to joke that they were um, that they were wrestlers. Yeah. Because like, how do they make like so they have much to be noise? You can just all you hear is like, <laughs> and like it was it was a mom and a daughter. The mom was like in her sixties, and the daughter was in her twenties. And well, like, and, and, they, and like, Lauren understands that she lived in our basement. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, oh, she's jumping off the top rope again. Yeah. Um, like it, you would hear everything. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't matter how much soundproofing you do. And we had really good soundproofing. Lauren lived in, in our basement. We had really good soundproofing. But, you know, we and, and it was a, a, a mom and a dad and a, and a four-year-old daughter. And I'm sure we were still noisy. And if there's a dog upstairs, all you hear is, you know, you hear the barking or you hear the yeah you know what i mean you you instantly villainize you villainize yeah. them immediately so anyways the, what the point is is that um sorry for the rant uh no bursting your eardrums with me oh. slamming on the table <laughs> is that it's a transitionary um unit it's high turnover um so you have to think about what your tenant profile is and if that's what your tenant profile is then i would just say do enough yeah um, now you don't want it to be a hole in the wall, literally and figuratively. Um, you know, just make sure it's decent enough. Everything works that it's yeah, that painted, it's a nice place that somebody um, that it's warm, that it doesn't leak, yeah. and that for the person that's looking for it, that will be satisfactory compared to the other options that are available on the market. But adding extra features, feature wall. Uh, a jacuzzi, um, you know, a really nice 
um, shower head or whichever else. It's not really, I mean, it, it will increase the desirability of moving in. If they have a choice between one unit and your unit, they're normally in that, in that type of property, they're looking for price. What's the cheapest? Yeah. Now, if you can eliminate the price thing and it's off by about 50 or 75 bucks, but yours has like this amazing tub and shower head, then they might choose yours over the other one for this, like, again, desirability. But will they stay longer? In theory, they should, but they don't. Um, also, there are just little things that you can do. Like you just mentioned one of them, like replacing a shower head. You can do that for like 30 bucks yeah. to, to get like a bigger square rainfall shower head. Um, also, like light fixtures. If you have like um, old boob lights, you can modernize them to, you know, to like a more flat modern profile for like 30 bucks. Be careful. You don't start one thing. You get black, black light pictures and you're like, oh, I guess I got to change all the hinges and all the doors. The yeah. Black. Then I got to change all the handles to black. And then I better change the handles in the kitchen to black. Next thing you know, you spent $3,000. Yeah. Um, and, and then the black doesn't really fit with the carpet that you already have. So you got to go do that. You see where I'm going with this? Like if you start a little bit, it's almost like it's going to stand out a little too much. And then next thing you got to do the whole thing. You mm -hmm. have to carry with the theme. Oh, and then the other thing I was going to say is um, kitchen faucet. Yeah, um, for sure. That is like a really simple thing. And bathroom faucets. Like we have, if you have like super old school faucets, um, changing those out is inexpensive. And it like, I know for me, like I could never go back and live in a house that didn't have like a pull down <laughs> nozzle on the kitchen counter. I would be so annoyed. So like those little things that would annoy people, you know what I mean? It's like when once they're in their living and they realize like, oh, there's no pull down thing in here. And then it's just like an annoyance. Um, so little things that you can eliminate that would just drive people crazy um, are definitely worth the few bucks it might cost to replace it. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pete asks, um, how much effort do you put on the external aspect of a home? Mm. Hmm. I'm laughing because I know you spent too much money on your external. Your exterior. <laughs> We've never really purchased a home that didn't have at least decent curb appeal that like really needed a bunch of work done to it. Like we've that kind of like purpose. That was just circumstantial. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is that like if it was terrible, of course we'd get it looking decent. Uh, like twaddle, we 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 broke down the um the the little brick. Uh, flower bed that was in front of the house but that was yeah. like a water issue right that was yeah and uh we got rid of all of the the, 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 the small trees that were right up against the house and then we yeah. mulched it and yeah. uh the front window and redid the steps um that would be the most i wouldn't spend too too much money i mean again it will increase desirability if that's your first impression for a rental however um a lot of money you're not going to get back it will not increase the value um so unless of course you're selling it see you can spend that money if you're selling it to increase the desirability of selling it which will increase the value mm -hmm. of what they're willing to pay for it but if you're doing it for a rental it will not increase the value just like, oh yeah i put ten thousand dollars in the front with new siding and now it's worth ten thousand dollars more no not on a rental so that's that's you have to weigh whether that's you know worth it or not. Yeah, ten thousand dollars to increase the desirability of someone wanting to go and check out your rental. Yeah, and then if it's uh, again depends on what type of property it is. Is this a house with uh, suites? Is this uh, a single family house? If it's house with suites, these people aren't staying a long time anyway, so it will not increase the amount of time that they stay. Even main floor suite tenants they don't stay very long. Mm -hmm. One and a half, two years. If I was to if I was to break it all out on how long every tenant has stayed in the main floor suites, I'd say it's about a year and a half. That's your that's the average. It's not saying that they we've had some the unicorns. A, what's that? We've had some unicorns. We had someone stay in the main floor for one five year years. One year and two year, I would say, is, is the average. So there's a split it right down the middle, one and a half years. We've had some. You know what? Our crappiest suited property, our crappiest suited property that is like old needs updating but just like we haven't done it mm -hmm. um the one tenant stayed five years and the tenant in the basement has been there i think going on three years already 
Well, <laughs> there's my point. Tenant profile. Yeah. That was the type of tenant that was not going to be, be moving on. Yeah. Right. Think about that. Who is your Who is your target? Who is the perfect tenant for that particular unit? Yeah. It's the It's the single mom. And, okay, please just take this. Uh, this is. I'm talking as if I'm a business, and I'm not talking as if I'm one. As a business, the perfect client for that particular unit was a single mom who makes $25, $30 an hour, who has no room for any growth in that company, right? There's no prospects. That is how much she's going to make, and that is how many kids she's going to have for the next 20 years. And you just know that based on her budget and affordability, she will not be moving unless she's unhappy and wants to move to another main portion. Mm-hmm. But there is no, it's not like she has a, um, she's going to run an exam next year and then she's going to get a raise. And it's not like she's going to get into management and then suddenly make $10 an hour more. So she was the perfect tenant for that because she's going to, like, she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to move because she's not going to make any extra money, right? Mm-hmm. She's not, it's not like her affordability is going to change where she's going to want to move something bigger. And also, um, she doesn't want to uproot her kids because they're in the school there. So the, the only reason she would move is if well, the she re- was just incredibly unhappy. Yeah. Well, the reason and the reason that she did move was that um, her oldest kid uh, was changing from like uh, middle to high school or something like that, and yeah. wanted to go to the school that was by her dad's house. Yeah. So she's like, I can't. The days that I have her, I can't let her make that commute from way over there in the city to over here. Like that's just not. I I can't do that to her. So she literally picked up the family and moved so that her daughter uh, wouldn't have a commute after school. There you go. Yeah. So when you're, when you're considering tenants, have that in mind, that would be a perfect person. So like have one or two or three different um, specific types of people that you're looking for. I'm looking for the 45 year old guy who gets paid every other Friday and then he gets his check and he goes straight to the beer store. He picks up a two, four of uh, Canadian uh, and a carton of smokes drops in the fridge and then heads over to the local bar around the corner and plays VLTs for four hours. I'm not like, I'm not judging, but I'm saying that that person right there is probably going to smoke in the unit. When you tell them not to, they're probably going to be late at least one time a year, but that person's not going anywhere for the next five years. Again, I'm talking as a business, not as Wayne right now, that that would be a perfect person to stay in my unit for five years. The last thing I want is a second year electrician or a third year electrician who's just about to write his exam, right? And then get a huge pay bump to 45 bucks an hour. And then he's going to go and he's going to start renting a, 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 a 2,000 square foot house for $2,200 a month because mm-hmm. he can afford it now. He's going to leave in a year, right? So think, think long and hard about who it is that you want in that particular type of property. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had an, a 1,700 square foot single family home and it rented out for 18, 1900 bucks a month, completely different person. I'm looking for a family in that property. I'm looking for a young family. They have good jobs. Wife works, husband works, or husband works, but he works out of town and he makes really good money. And the kids go to the school around the corner. Mm-hmm. They're not the type of people that are going to want to move unless, of course, they save up for a down payment. Right? That's the only time they're going to move because they don't want to operate their kids. Nobody likes moving. And they would just rather stay there because they're, they, they, they're, 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 they've got roots there. They know all the neighbors. The only thing that's going to change for them is a down payment, yeah. which it's very difficult, even with a family that makes one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 a year. Very difficult for people to save twenty dollars to $25,000. I don't know many people that can. Oh, I, I struggled with it. Like, greatly. Mm-hmm. Most people get their down payment from their parents. Right? I mean, let's 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 use an example. You know, you you're making forty bucks an hour. You, they, things are going great. Um, if you want to save twenty five thousand dollars and you're saving eight hundred dollars a month, how long is that going to take you? Eight hundred bucks a month. Two and a half years of eight hundred dollars a month, and you're telling me that the car didn't have an issue between then and mm-hmm. and there, that you didn't you didn't have twelve thousand dollars in the savings account, and then 
my husband just came home one day and said, I just booked Mexico. You guys ready to go? And you completely blew the whole $12,000 because you wanted to go on a trip to Mexico because it's been a year and a half now. And you're like, oh my God, like I can't handle this anymore. Saving $800 a month. Can we just like go to Mexico and then maybe you can work some overtime next month at the turnaround. And you know, maybe you can save that money back up. Oh yeah. I'll just put this on the credit card. I'll just put the, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll put Mexico on the credit card. And then I'll just pay it off over the next six months and I'll work some overtime. I'll do some side jobs. And then you never do. And now you got $12,000 of debt on your credit card, which you need to pay off before you can go buy that house to use the $12,000 of cash to pay off the credit card, right? It, it, it's, a, it's, an endless, it's an endless circle and it, it's, it's very difficult. Most people don't have um, the patience to be able to save for that long. $800 a month is a lot of money for a lot of families. You got kids that are in hockey and gymnastics and all that other shit. Right? So, um, long, long, long point. But single-family homes, those are the that's the type of tenant that I want to have in my single-family home because those are the ones that are going to stay longer. Ideally, you want people who are going to stay longer. You don't want people who are going to be moving every year because when they move, there's normally a month where it sits empty, which you have to cover that cost. One month of vacancy every year is is costly. And then you go in and, you know, when they were moving their couches and bed frames and all that other shit out, you realize that they ding the walls. So you got to send somebody in to go and paint that wall and you know, the, the floor is scuffed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'd rather have someone stay in there for five to six years. And then when they move out, we put in new flooring and repaint the place. Cheaper. Yeah. I'm sure there's questions. Mostly chatter. Um, yeah, Jeremy said that Calvin, uh, Calvin Hexter's interview last night with the appraiser um, touches on the exterior and landscaping. I did see that. I wasn't watching. Um, we were frantically getting dinner ready and getting on both of our calls, but um, I do well, want to go had, back and... You, you had... Uh, I had mastermind. You had yeah, mastermind. You had we mentorship. had our master's, <laughs> master's coaching call last night. Yeah, so... Um, but I do want to go back that. and watch that. Yeah. <laughs> you should. Mentorship program. Button. They're in the show notes. REIMasters.ca. Join the mentorship program. Or don't. You should, though. I'm excited for um, the people who have joined because, like, already just watching them step out of their comfort zones. I think every single one of them has said already, okay, stepping out of my comfort zone here, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which is awesome. That's every time you do that, that's growth. You're growing and growing and growing. It's going to be a uh, absolute killer year for all of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I refuse to let anything else happen. And it has to be. There's no excuses. A lot of this stuff is very simple. Very simple. Like, of course, you'll get, you'll kind of get like paralyzed a little sometimes when trying to figure out what renovations to do and what renovations not to do. What type of tenant should I be having and how do I avoid that terrible situation again? There's a lot of that kind of day-to-day -day stuff, but for the most part, the actual action taking, the actual growth is then just actually going and buying a property, going and finding a joint venture partner, going and starting a rent-owned business, going and starting a wholesaling business, going and door knocking. It's all you going and doing it. And then you can deal with all the, uh, the, 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 the stuff that comes with success afterwards, like, you know, setting up utilities and lease agreements and all that other stuff. That stuff's easy. You can figure that stuff out. But in order to get to that point, you need to actually go and take action and go and buy the house, get the JV, knock on the doors, etc. Mm -hmm. That's what we focus on in the mentorship mostly. Yeah. Mostly is getting you from talking about it to actually doing it. Yeah. That's that's where people get stuck. Yeah. The day-to-day -day stuff, we can fill in those points. Hell, the day-to-day -day stuff, you can call in every day. Not enough people do. but not, You can literally put it in the chat or call in every morning and talk about the day-to-day -day stuff. How, like, what renovations should I do for the basement? That's easy. They can handle that in the morning. Yeah. The mentorship program is mostly designed to get people to do stuff. Kicking your ass, cutting out the excuses to actually do stuff. Yeah. Um... Oh, I thought of a really good question. Not that's called. Better. 
well, I don't want to use names and I don't want to refer to I can't tell if I can. Okay, you go ahead. Okay. I was just, I scrolled back to make sure we hit everything in the chat. So I was going <clears> to <throat> change uh, topics. There was, there was one, there's one particular investor who was really, really, really has done lots of agreements with sales. That's what we were talking about last night a little bit. One particular investor is like this person, like, how do they do it? How do they talk to people? How do they just like um, show up to someone's house and go through their script? And how do they secure so many agreements for sales? How do they do it? And I just explained like it's after it. Yes. That's it. There's no one liner. There's no like there's 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 no like special script. It's the fact that they want it better than you do. So many people come and go through that agreement for sale course mm -hmm. or the rapid cash course. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna this was really amazing. It changed my life. I'm gonna add it to my tool belt or my toolbox. And they never use it. And then they complained years later that they couldn't get any grant for sales. And that didn't really work out for me at Mark and Mike Mike. And I couldn't find any success in that. And then they complained, how did that person do it? And that person didn't accept no. Yeah. That person's just like, they, they want it that bad. And that's why. And that person could have applied themselves to any strategy and they would have succeeded, not just agreement for sales. They could have started a rent-to-own business and fucking killed it. You know what I mean? They could have started a wholesale business and fucking killed it. It's you. It's you. How bad do you want it? That's why in the mentorship, literally this first couple of weeks, we're, we're just focusing on what it is that you want and why. Because that's, that's it right there. We need to figure out how bad do you want it first, and then you go and apply yourself to the trigger strategy. And if you want it bad enough, you'll be willing to do anything, and you don't give a shit what people think about you. Yeah. That's, that's, how, that's how most people succeed. And yeah. all your heroes, go ask them. They're all fucking crazy. They want it so bad. All your fucking heroes who you follow on Instagram and social media, and you go to their little networking events, and you go to their, their conferences and all that other bullshit, and you, oh, my God, they're so amazing. They just want it so much more bad than you do. That's it. That's all it is. And they don't give a fuck what people think about them, and they do whatever the fuck it takes, and they say whatever the fuck they have to say in order to get it done. And then they figure it out because they have so much goddamn confidence in themselves. They'll go buy a hundred unit building and they don't, they've never taken a multifamily, you know, course before. And they're like, fuck it, I'll figure it out. And they'll make a shitload of mistakes and they'll learn from them. And then they'll grow a wildly successful business. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, Josh asked if we want to talk about how we're going to, how we're taking on the next four properties. Hold on, I'm scrolling back up. Do you have another question about the partnership or something? Okay, so do you want to talk about the partnership, the new partnership? Well, that and, depends on if our partner wants to talk about it. And then, and then said, how are you guys tackling the next four houses? Um, um, piss and jet fuel. <laughs> They weren't planned. Yeah. Um, when an opportunity comes, you fucking pounce on it. Mm -hmm. That's that's literally what happened. Um, though I've told Gabby that I'm not looking at any other properties. I'm still looking at the, the, the listings that are coming through my email. I'm still looking at off-market opportunities that come in. If something's there, I'm still going to write it off on it. And you know what? Even though we have six properties on the go, fuck it, I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, even though I said that I wasn't going to, like, I'm not going to pass it up because I have enough confidence in myself that I'll be able to do it. But for the next four, so the the first two, they'll be on the market here in the next. Fuck, who knows? <laughs> we're just, just had a delay on. Uh, we just had another de delay at our St. Albert property. Um, those ones should be on the market hopefully by June first. Um, if no more delays. And uh, the other four will all be kind of starting at the same time. So um, crew is going into our first property uh, next Tuesday. Um, they're going to start the demo process. And another crew is going in the following Tuesday at the Otwell uh, property that I showed you guys a video of yesterday. And then uh, that week, we get two more properties, which is next week. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. And then the, the other two properties in Sherwood Park, they'll be starting the following week. So a little delayed, but we needed to get, um, I needed to get crews for them. You know what I mean? That wasn't planned. We didn't have enough crews. So uh, there's a bit of a delay because of that, but we figured it out. So yeah. Um, demo also, will all be starting pretty much in around the same two weeks for those properties. I was just going to say that also um, with having, so in order to be able to facilitate, you know, four more projects starting up, um, we've hired a crew that's going to, like, I'm, I'm going to be far less involved than I have been. So I'm not going to be picking up supplies. I'm not going to be, you know, um, managing the the other a lot of the other trades and stuff like I will be a little bit but they're going to be far more hands-on throughout the entire process um so it'll be easier on my end to not have to you know do all that stuff that I normally have been doing within the last several flips so yeah. um that's one way of just ensuring that we can keep moving forward but yeah we also have some exciting um partnerships that came out of them as well because um you know four flips at once is a lot <laughs> Yep. And there was opportunity to work with some of our mentees and push them forward as well. Yeah. Learning um, and growing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any, like, I, uh, if there's anything I can do to help someone, I'll do it. As long as it makes sense. Like, as long as it doesn't come to a detriment to us. Yeah. Right? I'm willing to help everybody. Because I remember what it was like when I was starting out. Yeah. And I remember that there were no groups. There were no, they didn't have any friends. You know, I didn't have a network of people that were other real estate investors. So it was very difficult. And, and I remember how hard I worked. And I always, remember, I always told myself that when I got to a point where I could, and you remember me saying this, Gavin. I was, I, just, I was going to interrupt you to say that, Wayne, you have said from the beginning that when you make it, you like one of the things that you want most is to be able to help other people who want to get into it that just need a hand find another person you've like said me. that from the beginning and to, now we've come full circle and it's mm -hmm. really cool mm -hmm. so if someone is trying to get started um, say flipping properties or buying their first rental or doing their first rent to own or agreement for sale or something like that. If anything I can do to help that person, if, if, if they got it, if they're willing to put in the work, like, yeah. I'm not just going to do this for anybody. Right. And I've turned people away and, and please don't take offense to it. You should see it. If you have been turned away, then you should know that it's, there's, there's probably a message, a hidden message in there that you don't want it bad enough yeah. and don't take offense to that. But like, it needs to make sense for me, my business and my family. I'm not going to take on any additional risk or any less less of a share or profit to just help someone who who doesn't really want it bad enough. I'm looking for people like myself who are willing, like you know, that was willing to do whatever the fuck it took. And if I find someone like that that just needs a little bit of a hand, I don't mind doing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I feel that that's that's more that's more important to me than profit. To mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah. Is, is knowing that I was able to, and it just makes me feel good. I mean, it's, everybody wants that. They want to be able to help people, right? They want to be able to contribute and then see that that person took that and, and succeeded. So it makes me feel good. And also it's a, it's a good thing to do, right? It's the right thing to do is to help people. So, um, and in a lot of cases I'm, I'm willing to give up profit in order in exchange for that. So we've been able to, um, help out a lot of our mentees, um, through my mentorship program here. Um, just in the last six months um, by doing that, just partnering up and, and offering an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And everyone that we've worked with so far and everyone we're going to work with has really taken it and and, and to its full potential, mm -hmm. right? And utilized it. And it's exciting. I love it. Yeah. I love it. This is, what I've, this is what I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Is, is to give back. So, And then as well with the morning show as well, that was always the big plan was to, to be able to have a, morning show podcast where we can just answer people's questions every day and provide it for free yeah i think that's freaking awesome absolutely and then that people are actually tuning in every morning and they're learning and they're getting their questions answered and and they're taking action this is this is real amazing yeah and then to get messages too like i i shared one message on instagram but like that was one of like a hundred that i've gotten in the last two months um but i just happened to find that one randomly yeah and it was a really nice comment so 
it, it makes you feel good. And I, and I strongly recommend like if this is I'm kind of like gloating a little bit, but you know, this is something that I thought about from the very beginning. And if that's something you're interested to in as well, you know, make note of that, make note of, you know, the person that helped you along the way and pay it forward when you make it mm-hmm. right. Go and start your own free podcast and answer questions. One day I'm going to, I'm just, I'm just going to start sleeping in and you're not going to know it. And then you're like, whatever happened to that podcast? One day I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, feel free to take the torch, right? Feel free yeah. to help other people. Feel free to hold events and answer questions for free. Pay it forward. I, I promise you by, by, by doing it for free, it's the world has, has a way of paying you back uh, for being a good person. Absolutely. We win blast. We have. We have an incredible community around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all rock. We're still, We're still here. here. Oh. <laughs> We're still here. I just thought uh, Gabby would say something. No, I was um, scrolling back. Looks like um, if you want to screenshot Lindsay's. I did. Um, okay, I perfect. Did. Lindsay has a question. Maybe we'll tackle tomorrow. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of conversations. We have to kind of skim through. Yeah. Um, the conversation and what stuff is actual stuff that we can bring up on the show, and mm-hmm. which stuff is just you know chit chat. Like if you're not listening live, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Um, definitely get on it. Yeah, you guys like you have no clue. Like these conversations are like some of them are hilarious, and then some of them are like <laughs> real life stuff. And yeah. Um. So. In regards to that property, we've got about four minutes. Um, I did a I did an Instagram uh, live yesterday, so you can watch the 13-minute walkthrough video of the new property we got used to yesterday. That one's in uh, South Edmonton, and uh, it's it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a really fun one. Um, it's in a really nice neighborhood, highly desirable. It's got a single attached garage. It's about a thousand square feet, so a little smaller, but. Which, which kind of sucks because the, I don't know, watch the video and you'll see the layout of the kitchen. It's not the best. Like we wish we can open that. It's a bit of an A-frame and we wish we could open that up way more, but we can't. Just, you know, the configuration. It's going to be great. It's gonna Our be contractors great. had a great idea. I know, but it's still, it's still <laughs> um, yes. uh, Yeah, so it's three bedrooms up, two bedrooms down. And uh, it stinks. It really stinks. Uh, apparently, it didn't bother um, Liam as much. Liam was walking through it with me yesterday. We partnered up with Liam. And uh, so they had a new puppy. And I remember we saw the puppy when we were there. And it was, and I saw the room that they had the puppy in with the little um, pee pads in there. And it wasn't bad because they were changing them out. But I think just in the last couple of weeks, they just said, fuck it. And they didn't care anymore. That room smelled so bad. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe in there. We're gonna have to get the ozone generator. We're gonna need to get a hose. It's, uh, thankfully, it's it's like it's, you know, it's all concrete down there anyways. There's no flooring, so mm-hmm. that's not soaked in anything. Man, oh man, did that smell. Um, that's some bad smells. Even like that, the Corinthia project in Rebuke. That one stank. Yeah, that was nice. But I couldn't, I couldn't bear this one uh, yesterday. Um, and we're gonna be. Hopefully, 95%, we're going to be adding a garage in the back. There's a single attached garage in this house. And uh, we want to have a double. There's room for it. It's going to cost a bit of money, but it will increase the value more than the cost of the garage. So it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Um, The difference between a house with a double garage and a single garage can be like over $50,000. It's crazy in those neighborhoods. It's not like the value is anymore. It's just like what people are willing to pay, I guess, which is the value, right? Um, you'll see any, you'll see 450, 450,000 for single family homes with a, ta- a single attached story. And then a double will be over 500. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just people want to, at that price range, people want a double. So, um, by having a double and a single, we're hoping that it'll just be much better and uh you know if you got to spend 30 or thirty-five thousand to make 50 i'm down with it makes total sense shirley says how do you get a permit for that when land titles is far behind purchase contract is proof 
Uh, your the hell did I call it the other day? Yeah, we just talked about your this. DRR. D- DRR. Yeah. Uh, God, it is. It's proof that the registration has gone in. Document registration request. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you'll get that from your lawyer. Yeah. That um, that the registration has been requested. You just show that to that, and that uh, will cover you. Cool. Uh, and yes, uh, Jared asks if this property will be on the bus tour, and it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. The two um, newest ones won't. But yeah, we do have that one as one of the four slots. Um, yes. Uh, Jared, I, I think Jared, Jared, you guys can't see his. Can you see his, uh, his message? Which one? Jared's most recent message. Okay, what's the super chat? Oh, yeah. I have no idea what you just paid for. <laughs> um, just cost me a dollar. <laughs> Jared, Jared paid a dollar for super chat. To send one message um, to say, what's this? And it says, what is this super chat? <laughs> and I don't know what it is. He just paid seven golden beans for it. That's hilarious. Uh, it made your message look really cool and bigger than everybody else's. And possibly put you into third place on this live chat. For yeah. Fan, top fans. <laughs> Jared's got a huge message. It's way bigger than everybody else's. Looks like he's compensating though. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap her up. <laughs> <laughs> Hope everybody has an awesome day. Hope uh, it's all valuable. Um, I highly recommend, you know, during the day while you're, while you're trying to achieve whatever the heck it is that you're trying to achieve. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, write them down, put it in your notes in your phone. Start documenting it, capturing it. And then the next day, come with your questions, right? If you can just do one or two things every day, one or two things that pushes you further towards your growth, towards your goals, um, you'll be surprised how far you'll get in a matter of a couple months. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.